We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. We are doing a series at the moment on prayer. We've called it Praying for a Change. And you can take that whatever way you want to take that. If you read the title, Praying for a Change, and think, maybe I should pray, that would be a bit of a change, that would be different, then you can read it that way. But the way that we're really intending this series is how we can pray to see change happen in our life and in our world. How we can make our prayers effective and powerful. We sometimes teach our kids that there is no wrong way to pray. However, I'm actually not sure if that's true. We know that prayer that treats God like Santa Claus is probably not the best type of prayer, not the most effective type of prayer. Because if we ask him for things without having that relationship with him, then maybe something not quite right. Also, prayer that's just there to impress others or to give them advice. Sometimes I hear people pray and I think, are you praying or are you preaching? I'm not quite sure what you're doing right now. I once went to a prayer group in my school. Uh, I was a Christian in my school, and there was a prayer group with some other people from my youth group, and I never went, but I thought, ah, oh, you know, I should do this. I should support them. I should go to this group. So I went along to this prayer group, and what I found is that it was less a prayer group and more a gossip group. So the prayers usually went something like this. Lord God, I pray for Cindy. Lord, I pray for her and Peter who are struggling in that relationship because of the way he spent so much time with Cassie at that party the other night. And instead of uh, men, there was uh, usually a, a bit of a, really? Uh, what happened? And then they just sort of ended up gossiping more than they did praying. And Jesus was probably sitting in the corner going, who are you even talking to? And sometimes I wonder if he thinks the same. And I know this is, is actually true. It might sound controversial to go, oh, don't judge my prayers. And we're not, we're not judging your prayers. But Jesus did have some things to say about prayer. He said this. He talked about the wrong ways to pray in Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will ever get. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Prayer that's for public show, prayer that is mindlessly, are not the prayers that will bring change. Now, I can tell you this. It's clear that there is no formula to prayer. It's not an ABCD, and if you do this, then you'll definitely get it answered. But there are principles that will enliven our prayers. So last week, Warren explored our first principle, and that is having an attitude of surrender, an attitude of surrender to God before anything can happen in prayer. He told us we need to surrender our agenda. Why is this? Because that which we surrender to, we give power to in our lives. So it's essential that we surrender to God. As we do this in prayer, God turns up and we can see him. The next step in our journey is to hear his voice, which is what we're going to talk about this morning. Powerful and effective prayer happens as God speaks directly to us. It's the basis of our prayer. It's a big question though, isn't it? If I need to have this revelation from God, how do I hear the voice of God? 
It's a big question which has been explored many times and it's what we're going to have a look at this morning. And it can be one of those questions that creates a barrier sometimes. If God is real, how come I can't call him up like a friend and have a chat with him? Now, one thing we need to understand and know in prayer is that when we are praying, we are talking to God. God Almighty. God, the all-knowing, the all-powerful creator of the universe. The greatest star is but a speck in the palm of his hand. Thus, uh, an imaginable distance must exist between God and us. If he is that mighty, if he is that great, then there must be a distance. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Not only are God's uh, ways more pure, higher level than ours, they include an intimate knowledge of all time and all of space in each of his synapses, if God can be thought to have synapses. And this has led many to despair that we can know nothing about God, let alone know what he's thinking about us and about the things that matter to us and wanting to speak to us. In fact, some people have put their money on the silence of God. That's why Homer Simpson prays his prayer. Dear Lord, the gods have been good to me. As an offering, I present these milk and cookies. If you wish me to eat them instead, please give me no sign whatsoever. Silence. Thy bidding will be done. Eats the milk and cookies. He puts his money on the silence of God. But we actually see something different. So what we're going to do is we're going to do something different right here towards the start of the message. We're going to take communion together. So can I please invite... Up our amazing team who are going to distribute the cup and the bread. Can you hold on to those? And I'll instruct us when to take that together in a moment. But what we're talking about is how far beyond us God is. And so for much of human history, we were stuck with the unknowability of the will of God. The only way we could know God or anything about him, the only way we can is if he reveals it to us. Thank you very much. And he has given us a general revelation. The general revelation God has given us to show us a little bit of what he is like is found uh, in creation. As we look at the skies and the stars, as, as we look around us, we see something of what God, who God is. And then he's also given us specific revelation, which he's given through the word, through the, uh, his Bible, that we read and we cherish. And that happens through uh, the prophets and through the apostles who wrote it. And then there was this other way people could know the will of God. And that was the priest who could enter into the most holy place once a year. They would go through a thick curtain to where the very presence of God was said to dwell. And as they went through the curtain, they ho sure hoped that their nation had been good that year because they wanted a good word from God, not a, an angry word from God. But apart from those momentary uh, exceptions, the distance between us and God was always so massive, there was no way of overcoming it. But then came Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God, this is the great news, and this is why we're doing communion in this moment. That God himself, that massiveness, that mightiness, that beyondusness, 
That's a word. And all of that came together in the person of Jesus, God himself in human flesh, revealing God to us in clear and wonderful ways. And when he died, the curtain to that temple was torn. When he rose, new life was secured. After he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit was given. And God, who was once far off and unknowable, now lives in the hearts of all who believe. How awesome is that? That is the truth that we celebrate as Christians. Paul reflects on it this way in the book of Ephesians. He says in Ephesians 2.13, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Let us never take for granted just how awesome this truth is. Almighty, unknowable God has come near to us through the blood of Jesus. Paul continues in Ephesians 3. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And all of that is to say, God is awesome and mighty. And he has shown his love through Christ, that we might experience some of him in our hearts. That we may experience the life and the empowering of God's Spirit as a present reality for each one of us. And so this morning, as we begin, we're going to gather around and we're going to take the bread and we're going to take the cup as our way of thanking Jesus for what he has won for us this closeness with God. So let's take the bread and we're going to eat it and remember Christ who died for us. And then let's take the cup. Remember his blood that was shed to draw us close to him. God, this morning we thank you that you've brought us near. We get to experience you. You've made yourself known and you show how amazing your love is to us. We thank you, God, that as we've taken communion, we embrace the gospel. We love you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. What you can do is you can just take your cup and pass it to the center. Thanks, Ryan. So... This is where we begin, is with the gospel. That almighty God has brought us close to himself. Every one of us, not just the select few, not just those who are holy and righteous. He is our counselor. He is our friend. And this has a massive implications for all of our life. But it has a key one for our prayer life. And the key one is this, that God is speaking to us today. 
He wants to communicate about the things that are going on in our lives. He wants to speak to us about all of the the things that we are going through and the ways in which we can be used to further his kingdom. God wants to speak to each of us. And I once heard uh, the speaker, Erwin McManus, say that God answers all of his prayers, every single one of them. And I thought that was a tremendous claim. And I thought that would be a really nice thing, but somehow unlikely. But he said this, the reason why that God answers his prayers is because he only prays about the things that God reveals to him. He waits to hear what God is saying and doing. He says, God, what are you revealing to me? What are the things I should pray about? So before he comes with his, his shopping list of things about what he needs to do or what he wants to have God happen, God do for him, he says, God, I surrender. And that forms the basis of all his prayer. And I think there's something in that for each of us, that we would so know the will of God that when we pray, we're praying with confidence that it is something that he wants us to pray for. But if we're honest, this can be a a frustrating process at times. I mean, we don't hear an audible voice, and we don't always sense something that we go, well, that's clearly God. Many people seem to talk about God speaking, and for them it seems so clear and so simple, so we conclude the problem is us. And there are tips that can help us to listen to God and to recognize that it is Him that is speaking. And I want to encourage you, if this is something that you've struggled with, in our devotion notes this week, uh, we've covered five different tips for hearing the voice of God. And one of those tips may unlock something for you to say, okay, this is how I know God can speak to me too. Today, though, I want to focus on just one key aspect of hearing God's voice that I see as a common theme in Scripture and a common barrier for us today. And the thing I want to focus on is this, that God will speak when we give him space and attention, right? So God is wanting to draw close to us, but for us to hear him speak, we need to give him space and we need to give him attention. Think about the times you hear God speaking to people in the Bible. God came to Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. God spoke to Abraham in a vision at night. God spoke to Abraham once he changed his name several times when he was alone. God spoke to Jacob when he was having a dream. God spoke to Moses in the wilderness. God spoke to Moses alone on the top of a mountain. God spoke to Moses alone in the tent of meeting. God spoke to Samuel at night. He spoke to Elijah when he was alone at a mountain. He spoke to Job from a whirlwind. He spoke to Ezekiel by a river. He spoke to Daniel who prayed alone in an upstairs room. He spoke at at Jesus' baptism with a voice thundering from heaven. He spoke to the disciples when they worshipped and fasted and gave them direction over which way they should go. He spoke his revelation to John while he was exiled on an island. Do you see the common thing that is going on here for people? God is speaking to people largely, not wholly, but largely when they give him space. They give him space and they give him attention. The same principle plays out for Jesus too. We hear that Jesus only ever did what his Father in heaven told him to do. How did he know that? Well, we read in Luke 5.16, 
But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It was part of Jesus' pattern to retreat and spend time with God. And then we see him uh, doing what he has received in those private times. That's why when he's critiquing uh, in Matthew 5, which we've already read, those those kind of show-off ways of prayer, what's his solution? This is really critical in the way that Jesus sees prayer from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. It's revolutionary teaching for Jesus' audience. A whole new way of doing prayer. Go away by yourself. Have a space where it's just you and no one else. Shut the door behind you. Get rid of all distractions and all potential distractions. And pray to your Father in private. Have time that is just you and God. Your Father in heaven. And this is essential teaching for us if we want to hear the voice of God. God speaks when you are still enough to listen. And I think a lot of our problem, uh, a lot of our problem is that we have our minds and our, our head filled with so many different things. And so I have a little illustration here uh, this morning to have a look at this. I have this cup, and this cup represents our minds. And then inside of here are marbles. I had to find some more. I've lost my marbles, but I've now found them again, so that's all good. So these represent our thoughts. And we think about there's so many things going on in our life, right? We've got that work situation. That work situation that's going on at the moment bounces out again. That thing that we we need to hear, uh, that thing that's going on in our work, We also have to make uh, all of our finances match up. We've got to spend some time thinking about all of that. Uh, Then we have, oh, our kids. We've got to first figure out if we want to have kids. That's a a big question. And even if we already have kids, we've got to figure out if we want to keep them. Uh, And then we've got the stuff going on with our kids that we've got to try and figure out how do we help them. We're filling up, right, with our thoughts. Then we've also got maybe the study that we're doing, uh, whether that character we watched on the screen the other night, whether they're going to survive, uh, whether that relationship's going to work out with those people on Netflix, really important. Uh, Then things to do with our homes. Should we renovate? Should we sell? Should we buy? All these thoughts going on. It may be EQC repairs, which some of us are going through still at the moment. Uh, Then... We've also got our spouse. Uh, maybe they deserve uh, a little bit more. One thought's pretty good, right? Doing okay? Yeah, some, yeah I, my wife's not in the church at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Can we edit that bit out? Uh, we've got house struggles. Dr. Google, we're going to search Dr. Google to see what's going on with our house, our health struggles. Uh, we've also got friendships happening in our life. Uh, we've got uh, family issues with our, our wider family. And then on top of all of that, we've got all of those things that we would love to do, that we really enjoy. And by this time, it's all overflowing. And we're waking up in the middle of the night and going, how come I can't sleep very well? Well, the reason we can't sleep very well is because we've got all of these thoughts going on, right? So much is happening in our lives. 
And so when the voice of God comes and tries to speak, I'm going to slip on those. Uh, If the voice of God comes and tries to speak, then we have no space. There's no room. There's just too many other things going on. So we wonder, why is God not speaking? Maybe he is, but maybe there's not the space. And so it bounces out. So what we need to do, Jesus is telling us, is we actually need to go away and maybe we need to empty some of those thoughts. We need to bring some of them before God and let them empty. So that when he comes and he speaks, there is space for his word to find a home among us. Do you know, psychologists actually talk about this. They talk about this problem. And they say we need to find this thing, this wonderful thing in our lives called margin. Margin is, uh, happens through what they call wakeful rest. Having brief interludes that allow for inward attention and times when we can put our immediate tasks aside and we can begin to process those things that maybe we haven't given space to process. We can reflect on the past, contemplate the future, and provide margin. And what that also does is it creates space for us to hear the voice of God. We need to make sure that we do when we've got all these other thoughts going on. We often need to be in a place of rest and silence to hear God speak clearly. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't hear God speak while you're going about your everyday life. There are times when we see God's voice does break through into what's going on in the current. But if we want to hear him loudest and clearest, we need to give him that space. There was a lady named Carol Arnott, founding pastor of an organization called Catch the Fire. And before she had committed her life to Jesus, she said she was providing herself some space. And in that space, she heard an audible voice. Not the way everybody hears the voice of God, certainly not the way I do, but for her it was. And this audible voice began to recite Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And before that was three quarters of the way through, she realized it was the voice of God. And he was telling her how much he loved her. And she realized that all of the sin that she was in, all of the pain, all the anger, all the problems, she wasn't even following God at this point. She knew without a shadow of a doubt, beyond all of that, that God just loved her. And he was with her in that moment in time. God wants to have these moments of speaking to all of us. And it requires us to create more space for him. And then if we want our our prayer to be effective and powerful, it's something that we need to do. We also need to give him our attention. Provide space and then also our attention. Did you know that there are in this room right now, there are more noises happening than just my voice? And that's not to tell off anyone who might be uh, talking to you and telling them to stop chatting like I see a couple of the teenagers in the back row doing right now. (laughs) No, they're just yawning. It's okay. Uh, So there's more noises going on here. There's there's kids. There's uh, all sorts of kids in the foyer, kids upstairs, which is great. We don't mind that at all. Uh, But your brain is actually filtering out all of that noise, I hope, so that you can hear the words that I'm saying. 
It's all going on, but your brain is doing a really clever thing at being able to focus on one source of attention right now. And also, did you know in this room right now, there are other things going on that you can't even hear, right? If your brain was able to get a radio aerial and you were able to tune into the right frequency, you might hear a voice go, it's 93.7 FM, The Rock, or whatever it is. There are radio stations playing in this room right now. If we were tuned in to the right frequency, we can't happen to do that. And so, but what we can do is we can try and tune our thoughts into Radio Trinity, or whatever you want to call the voice of God speaking in your life. It's really tricky. And it isn't helped by all of the things that we tend to fill our minds with. I struggle with silence. I'm not really big on just having big silent patches in my day. It's not really something I enjoy. If I'm cooking, I listen to an audiobook. If I'm exercising, I'm usually watching something at the same time. If I'm driving, I'm not watching something, it's okay. But I'm enjoying music. And I'm very aware that my propensity to do that, maybe you relate to me there, my propensity to do that actually stops me being able to listen to the voice of God. I'm not giving my attention to him, giving my attention to all of these other noises. Yet I know when I take the time to turn all of these things off and sit in silence or walk up rapaki or do some gardening with no earphones in, then, and I'm paying attention, then I'm so much more likely to hear God speak and for him to reveal himself. Susan Muto says this, In a noise-polluted world, it is even difficult to hear ourselves think, let alone try and be still and know God. Yet it seems essential for our spiritual life to seek some silence no matter how busy we may be. We're all busy, we know that. Silence is not to be shunned as empty space, but to be befriended, but to be befriended as fertile ground for intimacy with God. It's hard to do, but it's so important to take that time and listen to the voice of God. So I want to encourage you to find some time, some space with no distractions and tune in to God. Start with five minutes of uninterrupted focus time with God. Spend it in silence. Lay down those things that you're thinking about and begin to experience what Jesus has won for you. That closeness with God and even a miracle of miracles, the voice of the creator of the universe speaking even to us. So powerful. So amazing. And then as you hear him speak, Surrender, you hear him speak. You begin to know what to pray into. I remember one time we did an exercise with a group of uh, young people, a group of uh, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, where we encouraged them to hear the voice of God. And we said, we want you to go find a silent place where you can hear God's voice. And there was this, this kid in our group. He was a punk. He was, a, you know, those kids who just don't pay attention. You always come to the group and go, I, I do hope they don't turn up. And then they do, and he was there every week, and he was just a thorn in my side. Um, yeah, youth workers are nodding their heads. Uh, there are kids a little bit like that. I'm so, unfortunately, it's a bit mean to say, but that's the truth. And this kid was there, and we were talking about hearing the voice of God. Everyone went away to hear the voice of God, and he came back. 
And he said, look, I was out there and I just... And I thought, oh, you're probably going to say, I was out there and I just went into one of the neighbor's houses and had a drink of water or something. But instead he said, I actually did it. And as I was out there, I got a picture of a bird. And it was just flying around, just a bird. I said, do you know what that means? And we went, no, <laughs> no idea. We're not sure what it means, but pray into it and maybe God's doing something. And he came back a week later and he said, oh, I this amazing thing happened. He said, that afternoon, after we'd done that exercise, well, I went with my family out for a walk, and while we were in the bush, this bird just came flying around my head. Really close. Not as, not as close as a bird normally would come to you. Birds are you normally scared off. They don't come that close. But it came close to me. And I looked up and I saw it, and I realised it was the same bird, the exact same bird that I'd seen in that picture. And we went, great. We still don't know what that means. He said, oh, I do. He said that was God's way of saying that he's always with me. He's never going to leave me. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? How amazing is that? God wants to speak to everyone. God wants to speak to, to even those who think, oh, God can't accept me. God wants to speak to you. When God speaks, it's powerful. And it's an important part of knowing how to pray and see change happen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.